0: Hello and welcome to episode 83 of the In Squash podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Jerry Gibson, and today uh, we have WSF CEO uh, Andrew Shelley. He, actually, he announced that he'll be uh, stepping down as of uh, June, uh, so next month. However, uh, he'll, he may remain on until they find a, a replacement. And we had a really uh, enjoyable chat uh, just uh, leading up to the chat, though. Uh, normally, I I do these in my office, uh, these podcasts at uh, at home, and uh, I thought, well, today, you know, I'll try something different. I'll um, try it at the uh, at the club where I play golf. They have this little, they have a members lounge. So I thought I'd go in there. It's kind of in the basement of the club. So I went down, set it up, got my coffee, and then uh, the the Wi-Fi uh, connection there wasn't quite what I needed, and. Then suddenly I was scrambling. Andrew was uh, on the line, and uh, yeah, it took me a little while to uh, to get things set up. But uh, he was a real uh, he was a real gentleman, as you'll uh, find out if you haven't uh, met him or spoken to him or heard him speak. Uh, and uh, he hung in there with me. So uh, you know, if it's not broken. Uh, no need to fix it, uh, so i'll be doing the the remainder of my podcast generally uh, from my office, although once I did get things set up, uh, it was quite nice and uh, cozy there. I just had to find the right uh, the right spot so uh, maybe uh, yeah we might give some uh, uh, the uh, the golf uh, club there a second chance uh, for the for hosting uh, this podcast but uh, at any rate, um, yes, Andrew came on and we really uh, we had a great chat. As I said, he's stepping down in June, uh, that's the plan anyways, as WSF CFO, uh, CEO, sorry. But he's been in the game at the administrative level for many, many years, I think dating back to the mid-70s when he uh, took on a role with the SRA, England Squash, and then from there uh, he parlayed that to a uh, position with the uh uh, WISPA tour the women's uh, s- uh, squash tour and then after that uh, after a few years there went on to uh, take on the CEO role uh, at the WSF and we uh, cover all sorts of ground obviously we uh, we get into the um, failed Olympic bid I think that was one of his uh, his main goals uh obviously main goal for squash overall for everybody which uh, you know he tells us what the wsf is all about and i think it's representative of squash on a global uh scale for uh squash as a uh, as a global thing uh so he he kind of lays that out for us and then Then we talked quite a bit about the the Olympic bid. Maybe I I, I pushed him a little too much. I'm not sure. But uh, uh, at any rate, he was really uh, forthcoming with uh, what he felt and what he uh, uh, had, what he thinks about the IOC's decision and uh, squash's preparations for that. Uh, we also talked about uh, the women's game, which he had uh, obviously a big impact on when he was with WISPA, and then the uh, merging of uh, the women's and the men's tour and the PSA, which is what takes place nowadays, and also uh, where he's been and what he's done over the years in terms of, uh, in terms of squash. He's got some great anecdotes there, and he shared uh, a few of those with us. So I know you're going to enjoy this one. Uh, Andrew Shelley on episode 83.
1: All right. Yeah, yeah. I I, you, I always do these from my uh, office, and uh, today I thought you know uh, <laughs> let's, let's change it up a bit. But uh, why? What, what's the expression? Don't break. It. Don't don't change it if it's not broken. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I learned my learned the lesson today. But uh, anyways, if you don't mind, we can just get started. Uh, and really sure. appreciate your patience. Yeah. Um, this is episode 85, uh, or I think it's 84, 85, I'm not quite sure, but uh, this man's been very patient with me. I just had some struggles uh, setting up the, uh, the podcast uh, today, but he's been patient. He's the uh, the uh, w- WSF CEO until June, and he's been in that role since 2010, Uh Prior to that, the Wispator uh, Rant, uh, headed up the Wispator for several years. And before that, England Squash, I guess it's uh, referred to as SRA. Andrew Shelley's my guest. Andrew, great to have you on. Good morning. It's lovely to speak to you. Yes. And uh, Andrew, now uh, uh, you're back, in, I guess you're in the UK now. You've got uh, maybe one month or a bit more left in your tenure uh, as uh, uh, you know, heading up the, the uh, WSF. Stepping down in June, so uh, how have the past uh, few months been uh, for you? Uh, Obviously, with the uh, you know we'll talk about it later, the failed Olympic bid. But uh, now that you're outgoing, how have the last uh, few months been for you? Well,
2: yes. I mean, setting aside the the disappointment of
1: failure of the Olympic bid,
2: that that in part not not the failure itself, um, but but the uh, the future. Made me think now is a, is a is a good time for both me and for the federation to 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 step down because um, we're we're going to need to reassess our philosophy and strategy um, and ra- rather than me hang on for a year or two, it would be better for somebody fresh to come in, get their feet under the table before we start with the strategy and and eventually an Olympic bid, but but an Olympic bid can't run our lives. Uh, oh, it's, exactly, it's, yeah. it's it's important, but it's 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 one event every four years. If you do get onto the program, uh, but it's clear from from the, our experience that uh, at the moment the IOC are not looking for uh, a sport. They're they're looking for an, an activity, uh, and therefore you know, we, we must we must look to ensure that our sport is. Flourishing as best we can, rather than tailoring activities and initiatives to try and please the IOC. So it's a good time for me. I think it's a very good time for the, for the WSF and uh, we'll
1: take it from there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, obviously there have been changes, and um, you know, perhaps maybe the writing on the wall. But when you're when you're stuck in the way you guys are with with uh, such a great game, I guess we focus on. great it is and not maybe on the silliness over there for lack of better better terms
2: well if you look at what's what's happened in Paris um, the the IOC uh, mandated that they wanted an activity and if you look at karate which is uh, the second second song, strongest country in the world, France, so delivering medals, huge numbers of participants, probably 20, 30, 40 times as many as us, if they can't get in, uh, and there are various reasons for that, you can see we're nowhere. So right. we, we, need, we need to change. We need to persuade the IOC in, 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 in a different way. Bidding is not going to work. It's... It's actually finding another way in Um, but that's the future you know we're that that's 2028 therefore in theory you're going to try and make progress to get in around 21 to 23 Um, and it's 2019 now we've got to look at ourselves um, and how we position ourselves how we partner up with stakeholders and how uh, we progress in the future so that's that's the priority
1: Absolutely. Now, uh, we'll get back uh, uh, get back to the Olympic bid. I have a few uh, uh, questions about that a little bit later on, uh, cool. if you don't mind. But, um, you know, you've been involved uh, uh, at the administrative level in Squash uh, for a very, very long time. Uh, you know, hate to date you with that, but the, since 1976, <laughs> uh, right. working with the uh, Squash England, or the SRA, as it's called, uh, you were there for 18 years, so... Uh, Back in the in the beginning time, back back in the early days, what was your role, uh, and how uh, from there? How did that evolve, and how did you evolve uh, uh, over the years? Well, I've I've
2: I've always been primarily in those years involved on the event side, so. Yeah, I, I ran twenty British Opens and all the other all the other events. And whilst I had a responsibility for operations as a whole, including coaching and, and refereeing and so forth, uh, events was, was my general bag. And of course, as we as we know, going from the British Open being played on a glass back wall court to uh, perspex to glass to coloured floors to white balls. Um, and so forth the whole sport and and along with it everything we did has has evolved dramatically mm.
0: Absolutely. Uh,
2: from 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 1994 it was uh the women's tour and again yeah evolution of the players if when when i started there were probably at any given time five or six players who you knew were were going to be the contenders and they would get to the last five or six places because they, they in many ways, were more, more professional in their approach than, than the rest. But mm-hmm. that expanded very quickly to large numbers and you started to get the upsets in the first and second rounds as you do ordinarily now yes. because the girls and, of course, the guys are, are, are a great bunch of serious athletes.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Now, uh, now, when you got your, I guess, um, I'd like to sort of maybe, maybe just look into your backstory a little bit, but oh. you got into the SRA in 1976. Uh, yep. uh, from what I gather, uh, you weren't really involved in squash uh, prior to that, were you? Like, not even as a, a player, per se.
2: Well, <laughs> I, I, I played four or five times. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, no, basically, I um, I I, I, I played soccer, mm-hmm. uh, football, as we would, we would call it. And uh, uh, occasionally, b- pitches would be waterlogged. So a friend and I went to the Wembley Squash Centre and, and, and played. It was pay and play, and we, t- we, we taught ourselves. Yeah. But meanwhile, mm-hmm. um, I was working as a, uh, a little more than a gopher, I suppose, in, in, for Rolex in, in, in London. Okay. And we, we, as a company, sponsored the British Amateur Closed. Oh, uh, championship because mm-hmm. it was until 1980 the, 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 there was amateur amateur as well.
1: So you, you you sort of uh, had a look at squash during that time as a well well
2: supervisor. not really because we we employed a guy to to look after it for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but we took a subscription to Squash Player magazine, and in it was an ad for um, the job of tournament and affiliation secretary for the SRA. Okay, and I thought I wonder if that would be interesting before I ever get a proper job. And so from, from 1976, not only did I run all the events, but I ran all the club memberships, the individual memberships. Sounds yeah. sounds huge, but yeah. that shows how small Especially we were. In
1: England. Uh, I mean, Squash was quite popular uh, back then, uh, wasn't it?
2: Well, it, well, it was, but, but, but we were a small organization. Mm-hmm. They were, uh, and so you, you took responsibility for everything. Of course, we, we expanded. Um, as, as the as the game expanded, uh, but uh, that was that was the start. And having having said, I would only do it to, for a couple of years. Well, it's sort of forty-three years later, and I still haven't got a proper job.
1: <laughs> right, right. Now, um, uh, after the SRA, you, you moved on to uh, to WIS, the whisper tour. So yeah. you've, been, uh, you've been credited, uh, uh, I think, by several, uh, especially the the, the, the Ladies players that I've had on the podcast, uh, ladies like uh, Laura Macero um, and others, you've been credited for really laying the groundwork for the incredible women's game that we have today, the way it's evolved. So, uh, I guess going back to those early days when you moved into the WISPA Tour, uh, what do you remember uh, about that and the changes that you felt needed to be made at that time for the game to grow? Well,
2: uh be- bearing in mind my two remaining grey cells only collide occasionally. I don't remember very much, but uh, <laughs> what, what, it, what it was yeah. you, had a, you had a great bunch of players but they, they would sell themselves when they went to an event because you know, they were so personable and got on with everybody and were, were, were fine players, but the, the, the management of it was, was very basic. Uh, and the difference between the men and the women then, and 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 to a certain extent, it's it, it, it's true today. Uh, it, if you're thinking of doing a squash event, a men's event, you pick up the forms, look at them, and if you're happy, you sign. Whereas the, for for women's events, you have to build a relationship with the the promoters. The National federations, etc., to encourage them to do it once they do it the first time, the girls sell themselves yeah. Yeah. it, it 's a different form of relationship and, and a lot of it came down to actually helping them run the events at times it wasn 't really our role directly, but everything we did was was geared to try to help and encourage the events to get started because we knew that once they did get started they would grow because of the efforts of of the players
1: right on yeah now I'm just wondering uh, uh, how involved you were in the move uh, uh, to bring WISPA within the PSA fold and uh, what was that uh, why was that uh, important for squash as a whole and obviously for the women's game uh, at the time
2: well I I wasn't involved in that at all. And when I finished in in, in two thousand and ten, uh, we were we were still separate. And uh, to give you an idea of how we were in two thousand and nine, the prize money was pretty much the same as it, as it was when when PSA and what became WSA, the women, were were together in about two thousand and sixteen, because it had gone backwards after, afterwards. Right, uh, and it was it was it was relative strengths. we were we were doing well at one point in in the noughties we were pretty much even prize money with the men mm. but um we would we would work closely together with with psa now afterwards and 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 i was never against the idea of of merging but but of course it's it's, it's these things are a progression so what
1: what uh, just sorry for interrupting but what at the time uh would have kept you, in your mind, from merging? What, what would have um, The players,
2: basically. Okay. The, the, play, the player view was, if we, if we merge, it will be a takeover, as opposed to a merger. Uh, and it was never really being pushed by PSA either at that point, mm-hmm. uh, because PSA was, was developing uh, at, a, at a different rate than it's developed now. Yeah, squash TV in two thousand and ten was was a, a big gamble in terms of costs and and return. Uh, thankfully, it came off brilliantly, but it could have gone the other way. The fact mm-hmm. that it came off has meant that PSA provides a much stronger service, has developed its income, and therefore the combination of the men and women together has worked very well.
1: Yeah, it seems. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Uh, I guess with, with squash TV, you get that. Uh, obviously, you get the visibility and, and you spread the word. On the, in terms of quality. well, if you go, both yeah, teams. if
2: you go back to before squash TV, both both the men and women's tours, we would we would have a host broadcaster at whatever event it was. They would film the event, and of course, they would only film one squash event a year in the style of whatever that they had the the footage would be taken back to PSA and whisper and then a highlights program made and the the various variability of quality etc was was massive
1: mm-hmm.
2: so squash tv brought it all together unified the standard and took it up several notches as it's continued to do over the years as it's evolved itself
1: hmm. now i looked uh, i mean I'm always commenting about it now, but I mean, j- the women's game to me is as uh, exciting, if not more than, than the men's game these days. And I guess, like I said earlier, sort of looking back uh, when you came uh, into WISPA, um, wondering um, sort of what, when when you saw the women's game back then and uh, when you move into that type of role, like we all do, we look at what our challenges are and what we can do to develop it. What did you see as the... Key to bringing women's squash, uh, developing and evolving the game, and what do you see now in terms of where it is now compared to where you were uh, then? Uh, as, as, it's as, a mouthful, as, sorry. It, it, <laughs> yes, that's a it's a difficult question to
2: answer because uh, you don't really necessarily think of, of one thing. But I think an important part of the women's game is that for people watching, they're, they're more able to relate their own playing to to the top women because the, the top women play their game but to a much higher level whereas the men we can't hope to emulate them we're just in awe of them so you, know, you view you view it differently um, but 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 you know, women's women's sport deserves Parity at, at 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 the at the at the lower level because it costs the same to to get on a plane or book a hotel room whether you're male or female. The difference the difference is at the top level where the argument is should the women have equal price money. Personally, I'm not in favour of it slavishly. Obviously, it's an it's an ideal, but you have to recognise market forces. Yeah. So who is going to who is going to pay for? Uh, and, and view the the media output, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, the, the women just deserved so much more, and you know, uh, through through just if you like professionalizing their association, we were able to bring in more income and do more for them.
1: Yes, absolutely. Now, uh, I know, I know. Well, that that's one. That was one of the selling points. However, wasn't it for? For inclusion in, I guess, with your go for gold uh, squash goes for gold. I forget the actual name, but like uh, having the women's game, having parity in terms of uh, prize money. There, yes, I mean we, it, it, the 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 the
2: IOC prides itself on 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 various. Policies, um, and one of them is gender equality, and therefore prize money. There's inclusiveness. Well, obviously, from a squash point of view, anybody can play. Youth, etc. Worldwide, we have have men's and women's champions on on every continent. Yeah, we we tick all the boxes. Let's not slavishly go through them.
0: Uh,
2: we're just we're just we're just not what the IOC are looking for at the moment. But uh, you know, we we. And when I say we, the sport as a whole—that's that's the Nas- international federations, national federations, PSA, um, everybody involved—just needs to keep making sure that the sport grows, so that eventually the IOC will will actually say, "Actually, you are a sport of today and tomorrow. We
1: we, we want you." Yeah. No, exactly. I guess my my point was. Uh, you know, just in terms of the women's game, that was something that maybe maybe you felt uh, you had to do in order to tick that box Well I, uh, I, I mean although I, I'm all for uh, equal I'm all for equal pay uh, myself but I, I guess in terms of you know maybe forcing your hand maybe that was something that, that had to be done anyways right
2: well yeah, it was it was it was a consideration but but the main the main thing is a yeah, fair reward and therefore why wouldn't why wouldn't you go for for equal pay when you're providing equal value
1: now uh, now you moved on we'll move on from the WISPA uh, stuff and you moved to uh, the WSF uh, CEO in 2010 yeah now, um, firstly just to, to make this clear for everyone uh, because not everyone may know what the WSF's uh, mandate is what, mm. what exactly is it
2: well uh, it, it's, the, the the World Federation is responsible for the game as a whole. So mm. making the rules, coaching, world championships, Olympic bid, and so forth. The members of the World Federation are the nations. So the national federations of the countries, national squash federations, are the members of the, of the World Federation. And our role is to link with... Uh, uh, manufacturers for product accreditation, for refereeing, coaching, uh, trying to I- initiate development, linking with with PSA, making sure that regions and nations have what they need as far as we can provide it. Our problem is uh, it's it's a very small organisation because the income to the world federation is is very small so if you compare it with for example psa who have them all the player memberships tournament registrations broadcast money player levies and so forth and 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 greater assets to sell they're able to do so much more in their area uh, than, than we can manage in ours but Within the limited resources and the great uh, efforts of volunteers, people who give their time to be on the board, on commissions, uh, manage initiatives, we we make progress.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, uh, obviously, and we, we discussed it earlier, um, in terms of your role at the WSF, uh, you came in. And uh, I think maybe right from the get-go, uh, one of the, I guess your 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 goals was, was the Olympic bid, um, you know, and obviously that's the elephant in the room here. We've come up Ooh. short uh, on four occasions. And you said, uh, I think, I forget which publication it was, but I'm going to quote you here. I saw the Olympic bid through as promised, but uh, uh, if I stay on a little longer, uh, I'll only be hanging around and... I'll only be hanging around, and instead I should uh, be letting uh, a fresh CEO make a start, which seems uh, which seems fair, seems logical. So basically, um, I mean you alluded to that earlier, but uh, could you elaborate on on that? And I guess this this is just uh, explaining why you uh, why you decided to uh, step down. Well,
2: yes, uh, the the Olympics is is a very different animal than than squash, so. It, it can take somebody quite a few years to actually get to understand the Olympic movement. Now, uh, the, the main thrust in terms of interacting would tend to come from the president rather than the CEO. But, but you, you, know, you, have to, you have to understand how it works, develop the partnerships with, with obviously PSA, but equally in terms of the Olympics, with. With an agency, if you use them, get to know the the way that the IOC ha- manages is its 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 commissions and its relationships, and also read between the lines of everything that's put out, so that you can uh, ensure that you're on the right track. Because the easiest thing in the world is for the uh, is for the uh, a bid to fail because you haven't ticked a box that they need ticked. Right. even though you know let's let's be frank it's not that the IOC necessarily follow their own rules uh, <laughs> themselves but they expect you to do so therefore you've got to make sure you have and although it's it, it is very much a tick boxing exercise if you don't tick all the boxes then there's an excuse to fail you before you actually get to the the main reasons why you should be in there mm-hmm. so it, it takes time uh, but it's but it's only a, a part of the role, than to, oh, exactly. and the main role covers covers everything else.
1: And obviously, you've made during your tenure uh, many many uh, big changes, many uh, developments in the game. Uh, before we get to that, though, it's just I'd just like to know uh, what uh, what exactly uh, we're looking for now, maybe in, in the new in a new CEO. It seems to me. At, uh, maybe there's someone already in place, I'm not sure, but it seems to me that uh, you probably want someone, uh, if the Olympic bid is uh, first and foremost uh, something that you want to achieve, someone young and someone uh, who sort of uh, has an idea in terms of what the what the landscape is out there for for the, the new uh, Olympic bid. Um, uh, things that that we need to uh set up and have in place
2: no i think i think we're we're, we're in t- two different rooms your room has an elephant in it mine doesn't right. um <laughs> the, the WSF <laughs> yeah. is not just just about the olympics you're, you're 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 assuming that everything revolves around the olympics and it really it really doesn't i mean it's no. it, fund, fundraising to cover a bit is is, a, is, a, is, a, is a, a big issue. but the main, the main thing is actually the, the management of the uh, sport day to day. And I mean you, to answer your question, no, there is nobody in place and B, uh, I, I don't know yet because this is what the board are considering at the moment what type of person will come next. So what do what
1: you, you have what to do, do, do think, first, uh, Andrew, in terms of the type of person? If you had the last saying, what would it be?
2: Well, uh, what you have to do first is, is decide what your strategy is. So, Is our, is our strategy for the next five years to, to to look at developing our commercial side? Is it our event side? Is it our general business and management side? And, and then... Then you know, I came into it having primarily an, e- an event type background. Yeah. You, you only have to ask my colleagues how good I am at accounting to realize you know, <laughs> I, 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 I'm ludicrously poor. Um, there you go. I, you know, I'm, I, I'm an IT guru because I obviously still know how to connect my tellex to my apps. Right. But um, it's, you know, you, you're talking, you, you just, we're just getting a lot, slightly ahead of ourselves in as much as the board are as we speak, beginning to contemplate what the strategy needs to be and therefore what type of person. Um, and, and whether it's somebody from within the sport, whether it's somebody who comes from Whatever the background is that we we will be looking for from outside the sport, so it's slightly premature, and I don't and I don't know the answer to the board's views yet because literally it, it is it is ongoing.
1: Well, could it be the case where you you may stay on a bit longer if need be?
2: Um, well, provisionally I am uh, the, the to 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 support the office and the board on on a part-time basis you know it's 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 been a lifetime of putting a, a full-time male modeling career on hold but I'm prepared to last a little <laughs> bit longer but yes I mean I've uh, sub, subject to final agreement which I'm happy very happy to do for for, for the months that it would take to re- replace me I'm happy to support the the office to make sure that you know, there isn't there isn't a, a gap right right andrew well uh, but i have one major plan and that is obviously as, as, as you may have read to to ensure that we we start a, a library an archive if you will for the future so that all the all the history of the sport in terms of books publications films photographs are kept for future generations but that's that's a labor of love it's not a, a pay thing but it, we need we need to do that so uh, depending on how much other work i do um that 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 will be ongoing
1: right right yeah speaking of which uh, i've been uh, i remember back way way back when i was a junior uh one of my one of the guys i used to play against uh, his dad had the co- had a copy of uh jonah barrington's murder on the squash court and for the life oh. of me i can't find one uh-huh. Well, I'd love I to. <laughs> you no know, You probably, you probably have a few signed copies, yeah. yeah. If 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 I, if
2: I I I I have because I've been I've been collecting for years and years and years, and other people I know have helped out, and and there there are. Uh, before there
1: are, we we should say, uh, Andrew, sorry, belated uh, birthday greetings to Jonah, by the way.
2: Yes, yes. I mean, he's he's he, he's one of the, 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 the main. Reasons of sport, certainly in in UK, got to where it did. The factor, and if you went out on the street now, oh yeah, uh, you'd still find people naming him rather than the current players because Absolutely. he did so, such a lot. And of course, uh, for anybody who's met him, it, the charisma of the man is just uh, unbelievable. He, well, I just one, I
1: remember one
2: on, uh, to, for hours on end.
1: I remember on it was a while back, but it was on YouTube. They had some old. Uh, I don't know if it was BBC or one, one of the uh, UK television uh, organizations. They had him on doing, it was like a sports, uh, all the top sports athletes in a uh, fitness test competition. It was like yeah. one of reality things. And he was by, I mean, he was just so, uh, uh, you know, gregarious and, and so sort of easy to, to like. And, and he really seemed to sort of put squash out there. Great personality.
2: Well, you, you may remember a few, a few years ago, the, the, the World Series finals, as it was then called, took place at Queen's Club in London in a, uh, an inflatable building. And there was a problem with wind on the final day.
1: Yeah.
2: And the matches had to be abandoned. And, and Jonah did a and a uh, in, in the clubhouse. Well, it was far better.
1: that. Is that the, the, uh, the final Nick Matthews-Shabana <laughs> final? I, you know, I can't
2: honestly remember okay, who, it, yeah. who it was but because it just didn't take place. But just listening to Jonah for another couple of hours oh, was, yeah. was so special. Yeah. Uh, much as the matches would have been good, of course. It, yeah. was, it was a treat. Um, and, and fortunately, you know, I've, I've, I've known him since I started. In, in fact, I employed him for, for some years as the Director of Excellence for the SRA. So okay. we had the opportunity of, of traveling together and talking together. And um, it's one of the highlights of my life, certainly.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. He, uh, I remember I was based in, uh, I was in Seoul for several years and uh, they, they had a sports channel, which uh, had uh, star sports, which used mm. to carry uh, the squash. And uh, back in then it was during the, the uh, power nickel or John White at that, that era. He was doing mm. a lot of the, the commentary and oh my God, it was just such, so, he was so good at it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was so good. He knew the game and, and uh, he was so, uh, into it, that it, it really, really made it enjoyable uh, for the the viewer.
2: Mm, mm, no, totally, totally. Yeah. Um, but yes, he's he's, he's stu- still keeping himself fit. As he's <laughs> often said, "I'll be the fittest person in the cemetery." He says,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. "He will be." <laughs> now, no, speaking of uh, of squash uh, personalities, uh, we uh, had uh, the unfortunate passing of uh, Andy Bunting. Uh, a Ooh. month ago, and uh, you mentioned to me that uh, uh, you know, thanks for that. That you enjoyed the uh, the Neil Harvey uh, tribute to Andy. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, so just uh, you know, before you uh, before we go, uh, tell us a little bit about your experience uh, with with Andy and uh, what he uh, what he meant to squash uh, uh, in Europe and. Well, I, I,
2: I actually wouldn't even want to try to follow Neil's uh, wonderful recollections. Um, I, I was at Andy's funeral, and his son Michael and uh, Chris Hughes, who was the prince, um, well, I forget his type, but marketing manager will do for this conversation, made wonderful eulogies to, to Andy. He was, he was just a larger-than-life character, but he embodied all the right... Um, ethical approaches to to doing business, um, and 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 it, it's such a, such a, a shame that he's gone too early, mm. because um, th- nobody would ever have a bad word to say about him. He was just a lovely man.
1: Yeah, no, just uh, I mean, over the years following squash, uh, not really. You know, I'm not UK based, so I mm. don't know uh, much about Andy. But his name uh, invariably would come up. Uh, at some point, you know, with, with respect, you know, Peter Nickel would bring his name up, uh, mm. players, various players, John White would bring his name yeah. up. And, and obviously he was held in very high regard by uh, by the players.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, no, by, 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 by everybody. Yeah. By everybody. Um bec- yeah, the players because of because of his time with Prince, but but, but in, in 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 every other respect. yeah you know, he was just one of those people who, uh, when they go, you miss them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, and, um, Andrew, you've, you've been great with your time. I just want to get, before you go, one little, I uh, want to ask you about one more thing. Now, obviously, you've experienced uh, uh, squash. You've, you've experienced it, at, it all, at all levels uh, of the game. But uh, I guess one of the most uh, memorable moments for you, and I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, is uh, you know, having been uh, in attendance in 1986 in Toulouse for the uh, for yeah. Ross Norman's unbelievable uh, win at the World Open, snapping Django um, Khan's 555-match win streak. You were there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> I, I think I was one of the
1: I couple about of people. <laughs> yes,
2: yeah, so I, was, I was probably one of the couple of people who were there when Jahunger had lost the time before, which was obviously at the at, at the british open okay. um, and and in Toulouse, I guess yeah you know, Jahangir was always going to lose a match eventually, uh, right. but bearing in mind that Ross had managed to um, crush his knee rather badly in a parachute jump a year or two before and and, and in fact i I visited him him in hospital and he showed me the the page of a, a medical book of how these things could be repaired, because the, the doctors right. were were saying he may not even walk. Never mind, yeah. place. Yeah, I, guess,
1: I guess back then it would have been uh, you know knowledge on that uh, kind of surgery would not have been as uh, like it is today, obviously.
2: No, 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 no. Uh, very much so, but 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 he, he a very strong willed yeah. individual, and he came back. He, it was it was one of those. Weird nights because I, I had promised the, the editor of squash magazine that I would phone him, normal phones in those days, uh, with the result. And so he happened to be out and I spoke to his wife and gave him her the result that uh, Ross had beaten. Uh, he didn't believe it. It was only when he saw it on the news in in, in UK that night because it was news. It wasn't even accepted. I wasn't winding him up. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, and uh, it was it was it was one of those occasions where uh, Jahunga had an off night because, in part, because of the new ball that was used.
1: Ah.
2: Uh, I stress, I stress he would have got beaten in the end because everybody does. But um, there was a new telly ball, which was made by Merco, that instead of having a retro... Merco, that, that a brings dot, that
1: the blast from the past.
2: Ooh, mm, yeah, yeah, well, they, right. they had the contract yeah. uh, for, for a short period of time. And they, they produced the, if you like, the tinfoil bits in the form of like fingers as opposed to dots. And right. the ball skidded more. No, it's the same for both players, but Cihungi really never handled it that well in, in that particular match. Mm. Um, and, and he lost, but, but credit to him. Of course, as we know, he came back and
1: Absolutely. Uh, won,
2: yeah. won another five or so British Opens and other, other world championships. It was a strange occasion.
1: I recently spoke with uh, Ramek Khan, and uh, he, we, we were Ooh. talking a little bit about this. And uh, he remembers it very well. And it was at a time when um, Jahangir was sort of, Jahangir and Ramit had sort of kind of separated, uh, yeah. a li- I think some, something like that. But he did, uh, no, what happened was Ramit's wife was pregnant, or was just having, a, I think just had a baby. And he wasn't able to, to go mm-hmm. to the final. And he partially attributes the loss to him not being in his corner.
2: Who knows yeah, yeah. <laughs> one could speculate on anything the yeah. fact the fact is that uh, uh, having lost was it 30 times to him lost beat to him that night and uh, it it actually, it actually was a was a very good thing for the sport because
1: for sure uh, yeah. yeah
2: sport loves upsets you, know, you you never want anybody to lose but uh, he had Jahanga predictably winning everything and therefore in the eyes of many people it was boring yeah so yeah, when when ross beat him and uh, jan sure and and, and and others he had obviously memorable matches with Rodney martin Christie mar and co uh it it added spice to the tour
1: oh for sure yeah definitely and uh, and look at it now i mean you you really you really don't know who's going to to win on on either side on the well you've got a few that cool. definitely get to the finals more often than the others but uh it's tough to predict, these days. Mm, yes, you you can predict you can predict
2: an Egyptian in a lot of cases, but but as to who, no, you can't.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, Andrew, uh, really, uh, really appreciate uh, you coming on today, and uh, apologies for the technical uh, my on my side uh, issues. Although we, you know, I, we had anticipated that might you might have technical issues. It was me. Uh, apologies for that. And uh, all, uh, just want to wish you all the best going forward, and thank you for, for all the great years you've put in uh, as a WSF CEO. And I hope things uh, sort of turn out uh, well in terms of finding your successor.
2: Well, it's very kind of you. I wouldn't I wouldn't change a moment of of, of my years in squash. Wonderful people, wonderful sport, and I'm hoping to carry on for some years yet um even playing i might join with a psa as a player my time will come
1: <laughs> that's yeah uh, no doubt. Yeah, I, 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 saw, I saw some footage there uh i saw some footage of you uh uh playing actually uh, earlier today and you've got the game for it oh I, I
2: i'm still an undiscovered talent but but you know if i can eventually start using the strings rather than the frame i could get there <laughs> we'll yeah we'll all
1: right Andrew. <laughs> okay.
2: well, thank you very much yeah. indeed
0: Well, thanks, Andrew, for that. Really, really uh, enjoyed that conversation so much there. He's been in the game since uh, an administrative role at the highest levels of uh, the organizations within the squash uh, world uh, with the SRA, then with then with the uh, WSF. So thanks so much, Andrew, for that. And um, also, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, A lot of people have been commenting, sharing, retweeting, uh, liking and whatnot. So please continue. Uh, continue to, uh, to do that for me. Uh, some really great podcasts, uh, other podcasts out there as well. So we've got plenty of uh, squash listening on our commutes or when we go to the gym or wherever you listen to your your podcasts. Um, I've got some really good episodes upcoming. Really looking forward to a couple that we have for um, during the European Nationals, which are about to kick off. And I've got a don't want to jinx any with any names, but a few players that might come on. So uh, hoping uh, those things uh, fall into place. And also a few after that are in the hopper as well. So plenty of good listening for you. And um, in terms of squash, well, I'm off to the courts here in a few hours. It's going to be a solo practice today. Uh, today, And I'm not sure how I'm going to approach it. Uh, maybe a bit of ghosting. Uh, the legs are feeling a bit better. I was a bit sore last week. I think I overdid it. I uh, did some uh, running on the, the track. And uh, 50-year-old uh, body isn't quite uh, up to what it used to be. But uh, I think I'll keep keep up the good fight. You know, maybe just needs a, a bit of an adjustment and uh, tweaking of the plan. Uh, but today, yeah, I think it'll be some solo practice. I'll have to uh, thank Richard Millman. He wrote a great piece in Squash Magazine on a uh, one-hour solo practice session, which I read, uh, just kind of glanced over, and it looked quite uh, quite interesting. So I'll go back and read that and maybe uh, take uh Take some of his ideas with me to the court today. How about you guys? Uh, hope you um, hope you have some squash on for today. All the best with it. And again, thanks for listening. And uh, stay tuned for the next upcoming episodes. Have a great day. Goodbye now.